Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 42. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Hollins. And today we are taking another look, part two of our discussion on the topic of judging others. And we'll be discussing homosexuality today. Homo. Did you you say homo? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? I woke up early this morning. And I decided that I was going to spend an entire two hours on show prep for today. Whoa. And that was, you know. Kiss I, that daily devotional goodbye. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> joking. Although I consider the almost daily devotional episode maybe goodbye. But my devotional right, right, time right. was sure, good. Sure, sure, sure. So as I was thinking about how we would try to organize the massive amounts of the feedback that we have yeah. for the this podcast, which I am so thankful for, uh, because you know it's one thing to be able to come behind the microphone and just share what we think. Yeah, but I love hearing what other people are thinking about what we have said, how it sparked uh, conversation, how it sparked sparked people to think about their faith, what they believe. This is awesome stuff. Yes, I'm I'm loving every second of it. And so today we have just tons of feedback, and it took me forever just to put this in some kind of logical order. It was like a big puzzle that I had to put together. <laughs> well, you did. I mean, uh, I, I have the, the the printout right the here. The manuscript. Me. I can't. I can't. I can't make the noise of paper. There you go. It's more yeah. like thunder to the, everyone else. But hey, whatever. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. But anyway, we are going to just go ahead. That's the that's the amount of paper we have. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> So um, we're going to just start off. I, I, I want to just apologize in advance because this show, unlike some of the others, is going to be like more in a way kind of scripted. And I don't like scripted very much, but we have so much oh, okay. that, that's it, not like scripted like I'm like DG is now going to say the next three lines. But I mean, there's going to be <laughs> we're going to be addressing a lot of feedback. So we're going to be reading a lot. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. I'm just still laughing at what you What, what did you I say? say? You're just going to be reading the next three lines. <laughs> anyway, let's start off with some feedback that we got from our friend, Professor Allen. Hey, this is a uh, feedback for the About the Church Dudes. It's Professor Allen, big fan of the show. Did have a question for Cliff. It's been almost a week now, and I wondered how you felt about your Twitter rant from last Tuesday. Um, given the announced topic, um, when it started, I assume this was some sort of postmodern performance art piece about judgmentalism, and you were purposely exaggerating, but it slowly dawned on me that you were actually serious. Now, I am not <laughs> a Luddite, not a technophobe. I'm in online communities. I enjoy them. I use technologies in the classroom. My church is very tech-savvy. I'm a fan, I'm a user of technology, and I think there are aspects of Twitter, though, that could be problematic. Personal blogs in general feed into a, sort of a self-importance. I know this, I do some blogging, and it can be very egocentric. And the specific nature of Twitter, gathering followers to whom you send these really short micro messages, I think can lead to 
certainly feed into a narcissism, overly hyped self-importance that are actually contrary to the Jesus-shaped values of humility and seeing others as more important than oneself. Um, wondering if you would consider that a valid point. Uh, there are a number of big businesses, other organizations that use Twitter, communications and scheduling and so on. It's a really interesting technology. Certainly useful in some settings, of course. Um, but you seemed you know, blindly loyal to it or unable to even hear what sound like a valid or at least an interesting uh, critique. So I disagree with you on that, Cliff, but uh, I know that that sets me up to maybe being ripped by you, but I'm a big boy and I can handle it. So uh, bring it on, brother. <laughs> anyway, I will see you guys on the Ustream, in the chat room, on the boards, various places on GSPN. And uh, thanks for listening. See you guys. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Professor Allen. And here it is. You said you can handle it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And he's with us. I mean, he's with us. I, I know he's in the chat room. room. So, but anyway, um, I just want to say, you know, I your your presentation of your thoughts on Twitter and your concerns. Okay, that is what I would consider to be a fair criticism of some of the issues. What we heard last potential week, issues, potential issues, right, exactly right. Per- potential, and, and the key word being potential. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. I, I I enjoyed your assessment of your concerns. However, what I heard last week was not a fair criticism. It was Twitter should be banned was right, the exact right. phrase. Because the assumption was it's already evil. It's already evil. It's right. already arrogance. Right, right, right. right. Okay, it's, it's not potential for arrogance. It was arrogance. Right, and I heard, I heard Pastor... Alan say you know it, it could be used for yes this. and that, he was he was saying the potential the potential of it right. could be done this way. now and of course the idea of 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 the have Twitter having some value for big corporations and stuff like that Twitter has absolutely zero value zero value unless we're all using it oh sure okay sure. so so there is no value in a in, in a compu- community social networking based market for business if there's nobody there to socially network with and so if we're not all in there using it to kind of uh connect in the way that we do connect then twitter is useless so so it kind of for anything to be for a tool to be useful it has to be it has to have some purpose and and that purpose is communication to mask number of people now i agree with you in fact if you go to episode 71 of the podcast answer man at podcastanswerman.com i did a a whole um, screencast tutorial on Plurk, okay. which is a Twitter-like uh, service. And you'll right. hear me say, you know, I'm not a really big fan of the ranking there. I'm not a big fan of the 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 distinction between friends and fans. I totally hate the word fans. And in fact, in your potential, um, you know, leading somebody into thinking of self-importance and, and stuff like that, that is no different for Twitter as what it is for me as a podcaster, Mm-hmm. And I want to mm-hmm. share with you, I struggled with, quote unquote, this perceived uh, following of fans and this perceived bloating of the head, you know, where my head grew five times too big thinking I have fans right, early right. on in podcasting. That really happened to me. And and God God pretty much laid it into me and said, you know, wait, you're getting a little arrogant with this. Right. right. And so so it's not just Twitter. Twitter is a tool. 
it is a technology it's a tool and it can be used for good it's, it's no different than the internet i mean it's all of these things have the potential exactly but what i heard last week and what i and what i was judging this other christian for last week was his obstinate stance that twitter should be banned and not necessarily that he personally holds that that um that criticism but in the position in which he shared it it was really bad. I, I just I just right. think. Now, I did. I just want to share with you uh, a good friend of mine, Jonathan, down in Nashville. He's actually in the chat room now. He's under the username Nation. He sent this in. He says you can pretty much put uh, any kind of topic in place of Twitter. And he, he wanted to demonstrate that by the word flip-flops. So okay. have a okay. listen to this. See if it pulls up here. <laughs> oh, come on. I should have downloaded it. Oh, what happened? last evening oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, was around the whole issue of technology. And you and I seem to be on different sides of the platform, we might say, when it comes to flip-flops. Now, now I do Facebook, but, you, I, but I don't update my status. Right. I think that's ridiculous. Right. And, and then I found out about flip-flops yeah, which, a couple hold on. months ago. But, but you don't even, you've never even been to the flip-flops site. You don't even know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. But it is true that I've not been to the site. But you have you ever received a flip-flop state from anyone? No, because I refuse to participate in this ridiculous thing called flip-flops. Why are you so... <laughs> anyway. Wow. Thank you for that, Jonathan. That was awesome. <laughs> I feel sorry for Jonathan. How many hours he spent, or minutes, maybe minutes for him, well, replacing he, words. <laughs> well, hold on. Wait. Because he did some other ones. He did, um, let's see here. Uh, he did a rant on podcasts. Let's see if this one will work. Um, last evening yeah. uh, was around the whole issue of technology. And you and I seem to be on different sides of the platform, we might say, when it comes to podcast. Now, now I do Facebook, <laughs> but, you, I, but I don't update my status. Right. I think that's ridiculous. Right. And, and then I found out about podcasts. Yeah, which... <laughs> anyway, he was just having a lot of fun. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So, uh, and we all hate flip-flops, right? Yeah, oh, I'm wearing some right now, so I just put... <laughs> chat room <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> but anyway professor allen no i'm I, you know what i believe there are some valid arguments or statements that can uh that can address some of the potential issues with twitter self-importance and arrogance i'm not saying that he didn't have some value valid concerns sure sure but what i'm saying is the the stance he took was this is what i perceive to be true Although I've never even investigated or even uh, looked at the website, right, right, and 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 now here, based upon what I think I know about the service and the people who use it and the way they use it, right, based upon that, I am saying to you, future church leaders that are following the catalyst movement of where the next generation church leaders should be. <laughs> And what you should be involved to to be more relevant in, t- in today's generation, in today's culture, Twitter should be banned. That's exactly. what I am having an ar- argument against. Yeah. And that is what I am judging him for. <laughs> Mountains out of molehills, my friend. Exactly. Mountains well, out and, of molehills. <laughs> and, and as far as some postmodern uh, demonstration of, you know what? Thank you for thinking that I'm that clever and that creative, but I'm not. It was it was a true rant. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I did do it and I did bring it into this because I knew we were going to be talking about judging others and we're going to talk about whether or not it's okay to judge others. But first we're going to go to what Tess wrote regarding a recent episode where we talked about her uh voicemail. She says, 
Uh, let's see here. I'm really happy you're going to be addressing the wider issue of judging others in the church. When you next chat with DG, I oh, that was a one sentence there, by the way. <laughs> I feel that both I feel that both of you have wisdom rooted in really in a really good place. I heard your podcast in which you have a good rant about the Catalyst podcaster who compared Twitter to speak, to stalking someone. I was quite shocked that this person had a position of leadership. He sounded more like a right-wing secular shock jock. <laughs> Certainly, he seemed to have uh, momentarily forgotten all about God. Uh, maybe. <laughs> That's a further stretch than I would take it. But anyway, uh, maybe he thinks that God is just in conferences and churches and cannot use technology or geekdom. Uh, Geekdom. I do wonder, though, how irritated can I allow myself to be about such things before I end up judging the judger? Hmm. Or is it that, let's say, or is it that the one, or or is it that the one place it's okay? Does that make sense? I, I think it does. Or is it is that the place where it's okay? Uh, it worries me that in almost every public debate, it's almost ju- it's the most judgmental people who always almost always seem to carry the day. If no one stands up to them, I fear compassion will always lose out to an authoritarian legalism. So, is it okay to judge others? And will you read? Because uh, right along with this, and then we'll discuss this. Professor Allen has three questions that he wrote in. Right. And and you know what that makes me, I just want to say, that makes me think of the new Batman movie. Is that right? <laughs> How's that? Because, you know, there's I think there's a quote in there, and, and this is a paraphrase, please don't think I'm quoting this, but he says something like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to actually have to become the enemy while I'm trying to fight the enemy. Oh, I like that. And so it's, you know, kind of the same kind of understanding. Am I of, the judging, right, judging yeah, the judge? How far is it going to go? Before I actually start becoming what I'm fighting. Yeah. Or saying that I don't like. The dark knight. So anyway, yeah, okay. So Professor Allen says, uh, what exactly is judging and judgmentalism anyway? How narrow or broad do you define the words? Is judgmentalism different from criticism? If judgmentalism, judgmentalism is bad, does that mean we should never call into question anyone's actions or beliefs? Is there a balance there that we need to achieve? By the way, that was number one. That was question one. Thanks, which, Prof. <laughs> that yeah. was one wow. A, B, C, yeah. D, and E. So here's number two. Are the judge and criticizing rules different when we deal with fellow believers than with when we deal with normal people? Thank you for using normal people. Is judgmentalism <laughs> something we should avoid only with normal people? Uh, and then number three, Jesus clearly has the role of eternal judge at the end of days. How do we reconcile that with a view of him as a non-judgmental in the current age? All righty. So, DG, this opens up a box for us here, my friend. A box with lots of tools in there which we can hurt ourselves with. (laughs) There's like ninja stars. There are a lot of sharp objects in here, and I'm afraid to reach in. Is that bad of me? No, not at all. It's a, it's you go into it with a healthy fear. Okay, because <laughs> I certainly don't want to just start juggling this stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. So how do how, where do we start with this conversation? You know, I, I um, I, I think it's very, I think it's very good to, you know, I don't know. I, I part of me wants to say that the difference between criticism and judgmentalism is judgmentalism. It's it, number one. I think it's all going to go back to a heart issue. Are you doing this because you have a disdain or a dislike of the other individual? Or are you saying something and making a statement? Are you attacking the person 
or are you attacking something that the person is doing or saying or something else like that? Are you talk, are you attacking the topic? You know, are, ju- are you judging the topic or are you judging the person? Right. Um, I don't know. Those are just a few of the questions that go through my mind whenever I think of the difference between judgmentalism and criticism or something else like that. Yeah. I, I And you know what? As far as the difference between judging and criticizing, um, I did not go into the, you know, if I had three hours to prepare, I would have actually gone into the dictionary and, and looked up the words. But really, <laughs> a lot of times we define words in the context in which we use them, un, sure. un, maybe being ignorant of the real understanding what those words actually mean. But in my mind, criticizing someone in my mind, when I say judging somebody, it, 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 to me, it's the same thing. Okay. When, when, when I'm criticizing something, I'm passing judgment on that subject. That, now, that's just my own personal definition. On the subject or on the person? On the subject, because I don't, I don't okay. think that we should criticize. I do think that you, I don't, I didn't ever feel. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to it, but I really felt that you were attacking the fact that, uh, or you were criticizing or judging the fact of the the uh, the topic of Twitter is bad. That's what you were no, speaking no. to. I didn't feel like you were actually talking about the guy who said the statement. Yes. This guy's a loser, an idiot, blah, 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 blah. I didn't ever get that feeling, although you might have been no, feeling no, 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 no. And that's no. what I'm saying. I, I think it's healthy. I think it's good for people to be able to have discussions and criticize topics, um, you know, things like that. I think that's great. But when you start doing that towards another individual, meaning, you know, to harm them, either their face or, you know, you know, whatever else. Yeah, I think I've got yeah. issues with that, and I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good at all. Right, and 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 it wasn't my my um my criticism or judgment of that situation wasn't in defense maybe of Twitter as much as it is a judgment against the use of this seat to share such a short sighted, um, you know, uh, um, view on a technology without really investigating its potential use, right. especially in light of what the purpose of this conference and this podcast was supposed to be about. Right. And exactly. so really I'm judging the use of that, the the words that were chosen there. You were I, upset I, that, that they could be influencing young young leaders within the church. Exactly. That's what you were upset. That, that, that was truly and honestly, and, and that's where my heart was. My heart was what about these 20-something young pastor wannabes that are moving into the world, okay, into the leading the next church, the future generation of the church, who have not been technology savvy, who are just now, you know, who are just checking their emails, but all of a sudden their parishioners are coming in one day set, or their congregation or whatever, are coming up and saying, hey, I really think that instead of using this old style prayer chain, how about we use Twitter for our prayer chain messages to each other right and it's like all oh, no triv you should never use twitter it is arrogance it's evil blah blah, blah. Right. what i'm saying is those words from that position carry a lot of weight right whereas if this was this guy's personal podcast and he said that i, I would that i would have not affected me the way that it did sure does that make sense yeah it makes sense and i and and, and what i say is i think you're uh, I think you're giving the younger generation a lot more ignorance than what's that what's there. Well, I don't I I think the majority I mean you're you are talking about a huge minority of twenty somethings that are just checking their email. What yeah. world do you live in, Cliff? <laughs> I'm I mean, this is that's ridiculous. In my mind, I'm going, I don't know of a single twenty year old that's just learning how to check email. <laughs> 
And much less, and you know, and I know of a lot of people that say, "Well, what's Twitter?" But they're open to it. They're open okay. to find out. Okay, oh, it's just this is another okay. thing of technology that I could be able to. But they, I'm telling you, they were born with this innate okay. ability to be able then, to to be able to sift stuff. Okay. and find out if let's this give is good you or bad. this then. Okay, so I'm. <laughs> let's say I am a 35 year old pastor. Okay, all right, and I and I am the associate pastor of a local church. Okay, and my pastor, who is my mentor is in his 50s and I know for a fact he only checks email and he only does that okay, okay. through it being printed out by the church secretary for okay. him okay so he knows nothing of technology but he's very interested in bringing me along because he really sees that I'm I I, I can really bring some value into technology and stuff sure, like sure. that and he goes to these confer- we go to the catalyst conferences together and I've even got him listening to the catalyst podcast and now I, Which is a miracle in and of itself. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and now I've got him listening to these guys who are, who are, and then all of a sudden I say, now I think here's some use for Twitter in our church. And he's like, oh, no, didn't you hear what so-and-so said? That's arrogance, Cliff. I don't know if we should go there. Right. You yeah. see, that, I mean, I know I'm carrying it out too far. And, and, and this isn't even about Twitter. Who cares about Twitter? This is about, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Hold on. You know what we use? I was ready to move on. Listen, you know, about listen, 20 minutes ago. Listen to this. Moving right along. All right. <laughs> nice. I love Kermit. Thank you, Kermit. Always bring up bring up the Muppets. Everyone's happy. Like, I know. You know what? Let's end the podcast. We're on a good note. Moving right along. Moving right along. So, judging and judgmentalism. Um, what about this idea? Are there different rules when we ju- judge fellow believers versus when we judge normal people or non-believers? Right. I. What do you think? Um, my my main my main response to this is I cannot expect a non-Christian to act, speak, or look like Christian. And so um, I think a lot of Christians are assuming that everyone must look, act, and believe as they believe and act and look. And, um, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a huge issue within Christianity in my, in my personal opinion. Um, and so I, I think that you have major, major issues if you're too worried about, uh, okay, like for example, I'll just give you an example. I was in a church where I... I can't stand wearing suits. Yep. I'll just be open and honest and upfront here. And I fight for the fact that I don't wear suits as a pastor within a local congregation. I fight for it. Um, and so, you know, at the church that I'm at now, I wear, you know, a, a, a jacket with an untucked shirt and jeans. Um, and, but at the previous church that I was at, it was the, you know, the expectation was you wear a suit, blah, 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 period. And I'm like, well, if you want a suit, look at the senior pastor. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an associate, you know, that was my excuse back then. Right. But I, I, I turned to an older gentleman that was very, very upset. And I said, you know, the thing that's sad is you're coming to worship God. And all you can think of is DG's not wearing slacks. Right. That's, that's really, really sad in my mind. And I said, what if a boy came in church a guy who has never even heard of who Christ is or who God is, and he's wearing a baseball cap and he's sitting right in front of you in the pew. And all you can think about is why can't that boy respect this place and take his hat off? Right. When in reality, the guy is actually coming into a relationship with Christ as you're thinking about it, you know? And so this judgmental thing about against normal people or against Christians, I, I think it's bad all the way across the board, to be honest with you. You went to church in Texas, didn't you? Well, yeah, I grew up in Texas. I. I knew this guy that went to Texas, and he told me this story. He went to Texas. He went to Texas. He went to Texas and and visited this church in Texas. 
And uh, he went in. He was all, you know, he hadn't shaved in a couple of days. Went in with torn blue jeans and and just dressed like he normally did every day. Walked into the church, sat right in front of the church because he didn't want to miss anything. He wanted to hear from God. And, and anyway, the pastor got up there, was preaching. And at the end of the sermon, the pastor always went to the back of the church where everybody left and shook their hands. He pulled this guy aside and says, excuse me, young man, um, about what you're wearing here. I'd like to ask you to do me a favor. When you go home, will you pray and ask God maybe to give you some guidance on what you should wear when you come here in this place? <laughs> That's awesome. And and the guy was freaked out. And so he goes home and, and, and the next week comes around and the guy shows up and he's got the same outfit on. I mean, I'm not talking like the same looking clothes. Right. He's got the same clothes right, on right, right. that he wore last week. Sat right up front again. Sure enough, right after the sermon, the pastor goes to the back Every, he's shaking everybody's hands. Of course, this guy's the last one out. Pastor pulls says, excuse me, young man. I, I know we had this conversation last week. I thought I asked you to go home and pray and ask God to give you some discernment on what you should wear. He says, listen, sir, I went and I asked God what I should wear when I come to this church. And God says, I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to bring some something to lighten up this this topic here. No, but, uh, but I don't know. I, I think that I, I really think it's a hard issue. And if you really are attacking someone, mm-hmm. then you have issues. Now, I'm going to give us a great uh, a great um, what's it called? Segway. Segway into our next topic of homosexuality because okay. a lot of people want to talk about homosexuality as that's the topic. Yes. But to a homosexual, they're saying this this is who I am. Mm-hmm. You can't attack the topic without attacking me in right. their minds. And and so, you know, then it comes to, well, you're judging me. You may think you're judging homosexuality, but you are judging me, blah 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 blah. Okay. Uh so I mean, th- I don't know if that's I, a no, decent segue no, or not, but No, 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 no. I, I I can see that absolutely where where that is. And and of course, um in my mind, I've always done the wrong thing in the past. And that's always I've equated to, you know, the topic of homosexuality in my mind is the same as talking about alcoholism. And I'm like, wait a second, that, that didn't go over too well with my with my friends that I were, were talking about the subject with. It, it just, it's like, what are you saying? You know, but um, I tell you, we do have an email, however, I think will spur some good conversation. And this is from Shannon. And, and you know what? You do such a better job at reading than I do. Do you think you can read what Shannon wrote here? Sure. All right. That's fine. It's going to be a little bit long, but you guys can listen. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Cliff and DG, I just wanted to send my thoughts on the issues you said that you'd be discussing in the next episode. First, the homosexuality issue. There was a a theater, as I was a theater man. Now now you're you're, you're rubbing off on you, man. I was a theater major and I worked at Disneyland, so I had to figure out my practical stance on this pretty quickly. As far as tolerance, that's in quotes. I think we need to remember that we tolerate and love people, but it could be wrong to tolerate all behavior. Practically, I have likened practicing homosexuality to sex outside of marriage. In high school, I had friends that I knew that were having sex. I thought it was wrong. Um, They knew I thought it was wrong. I knew they knew I thought it was wrong. We sometimes had discussions about it, and we were still friends. Stop right there. I I love that statement. You know, because, you know, if anything... If there's anything that I I think would be better to liken homosexuality to would be premarital sex, sex outside of marriage, than maybe taking it down the next step of alcoholism. 
because it in in any it is more closely related and even in scripture it talks a little bit about this which i hope we'll i hope we'll be able to get into yeah but i really uh want to say that i love this one statement um i have she says i've likened it to homosexuality to to my friends who have sex outside of marriage in high school i had these friends um i thought it was wrong I, I mean, it, clearly, this is what I believe. Right. Um, they knew what I believe, and they knew, you know, that I thought, you know, I they knew that I knew that they knew that I thought it was wrong. <laughs> we some wow. we sometimes had conversations about it, but we were still friends. Right. That to me, that to me is the proper attitude. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll read some because that way we can both kind of stumble through this. Go for it. All right. I also know that we can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians, but we cannot glorify sinful behavior. I agree with that statement. Um, on the Christianity being the only way topic, I just wanted to point out the Lord, liar, lunatic argument. Jesus claimed to be God, and if that's true, then whatever he says must be right, especially about God. If you take the Lord, liar, lunatic argument and people are logical, uh, though not all are, you can say that if Jesus was not God, he must have been a liar or lunatic or worse. And if he was not God, then nothing else he says should be good moral teachings if indeed he was a liar or a madman. Uh, Let's see here. Most people aren't willing to throw out all of Jesus's words entirely since the world religions consistently seem to want a piece of Jesus. Anyway, I hopefully hopefully I completed all my thoughts properly, and my thoughts can be helpful to someone, or at least help join or help uh, advance the conversation. Shannon, right? So, the, on the topic of homosexuality, um, I looked for just real quickly one one little phrase. You know, homosexuality is an abomination, and I didn't find it. For, in in what? Oh, in our feedback? No, no, no. in, oh. in the Bible. Oh, in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Homosexuality okay. is an abomination. I was looking for that phrase. Yeah, and no, it's it, not there. It's not there. I no. couldn't find it. So, and I even looked in the con. I looked for abomination, and I noticed that in the NIV version, the word abomination shows up, you know, five, seven times throughout the Bible. Uh-huh. Uh None of them referring to homosexuality. Uh, in the King James version of the Bible, there is like thirteen pages of results of the word abomination. <laughs> None of them that I could find, and I'm not saying it's not there, but I just, in my right. brief time that I had to search for it, I could not find um, abomination tied to homosexuality. Right. Now, with that said, there is some, if you turn to the very last page is where I've got this, DG. Oh. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 20. Oh, you may read it. Oh no no! Well, oh. I, we're we're going to talk about it. Okay, but si- I, I just I heard a pause. I'm looking no, up, like, no, no, no. were you telling me was, something? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, but I I want I was looking at this, and of course, it wanted me to read um, verses eight through ten to talk about you know the the issue of homosexuality, and I never like to do that. I never like to just go and read those scriptures. I like to see what was written before and what was after. Sure. And and when I do that, first let's go ahead and do what most people do. And that is go straight to the scripture that that talks about this. Okay, yeah, that one sentence, that one sentence, or whatever, or those couple sentences. Um, let's start with verse nine. Do you not know that the wicked people will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. 
neither neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor male prostitutes nor homosexual offenders nor thieves nor greedy nor drunkards nor slanders nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god and that is the way and that is the way some of you were but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the lord jesus christ and by the spirit of our god so what so many people do is they pull out that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. That's what they pull out of the scripture. Right. And that, my friends, is absolutely a wrong way to look at scripture. It's just not, it's not what it says. It says, in fact, it says that I will not, in this statement, it says I will not inherit the kingdom of God. Right, right. Because let me just tell you, um, sexually immoral, I will confess to you that before I was married, my, my wife and I have even shared this in a podcast. We had relations before uh, we were married that we mm-hmm. should not have had. Right. And we were convicted of that. Eventually, before we got married, we put an end to that and waited until we were married. And married. But because of the fact that based upon the moral law that God gave us of, of sex outside of marriage, we both knew it was wrong. We were We were believers. And it says that the sexual immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. That, to me, in this statement, throws me right in there next to my homosexual friend. Well, sure. And it takes me right there and next to the drunkards or the alcoholic friends that I have. And it puts me right next to the... It puts me next to the greedy slanderer person right next to me. Right, yeah. All of us will not inherit the kingdom of God. However... If anything, this should not be something that is used to to just judge everybody for their homosexual activities or their lifestyle. What it what it says here is this is a verse of hope. That's what that's what's amazing about this is is, is well, first of all, Paul is saying, "Listen, you guys got some pretty bad stuff happening in your church. What's going on here? Right. Don't you guys know? Don't you understand?" That you have that none of the all of these things, these people, these kind of people will not inherit the kingdom of God. But instead, you have been brought out of this lifestyle. This is the way you were. But God has given you the power to overcome these things in your life. Mm -hmm. And what are you doing? You've been justified by the spirit of God. You got to understand it. And then he goes into this very controversial scripture re- reference. And and this is where where people are afraid to go to the next step and read the context of scripture. And and then Paul goes in and starts saying some really weird things that you, it takes a lot to wrap your mind around. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and stomach for food, but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, he goes on and on and on. But he's, he says, listen, for me, everything is permissible. What is there that I can do that God would not give me or grant me forgiveness for? Right. Wow. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And so that comes to that other big G word, which is grace. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, sure. Yeah. So, so where does homosexuality fit in? I mean, wh- I mean, I, I just obviously we ha- we cannot. I think, I, if anything, I, I, I'm thinking. Okay, first of all, can we expect our non-Christian friends to live by the moral code that God has set forth and that we read about in His Word? My my agreement with you is that no. 
not only should we not, or not only we we shouldn't, but we can. I mean, they have. If they don't agree that the word of God is the authority in the word of God, then how can they even? It would be, it would be inauthentic. Right, and I can't make them. I you know, and and so all I can possibly do is allow the allow the Holy Spirit to be able to develop a relationship with them, and and you know to show them what you know. I was thinking about it on the way here, and I was I was thinking about, you know, I I really get the I get a sense that, um, oh man, what am I trying to say? That God, you know, people are like, well, would God? Why does God make these things happen? You know, He's like, well, here are the rules that I've set up, kind of a thing. And and, I, and what I thought to myself was, God, God, God inspired the words of the Bible to be His DTR. What's DTR? <laughs> That's the define the relationship talk. Okay. So in, in youth circles, you know, have you had your DTR yet? Have you have you defined what your relationship is with this with this other person? And I, I kind of look at, at the Bible as being God's DTR. Like, hey, let me let me define the relationship. I want the best for you, period. But to be in relationship me, with me, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not the requirements of relationship, but here here's the kinds of things that I expect. I created it to be like this, and um, and if you choose not to be in this, then that's okay. I still love you. I still desire to be in a relationship with you, but I'm not going to force you to be in a relationship with me. And that, and I've defined out who I am and what and what my likes are, what my dislikes are, and this is the way it is. And um, and so so ultimately, when God talks, you know, when he is when he is inspired the author of first Corinthians to be able to write these things down. He's saying these, these things are not a part of a healthy relationship in, 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 in the, in the defining of what relationship looks like with me. Right. And so I, I don't like lying and slandering and drunkards and homosexuality and things. You know, these are the things that I, that I this is just who I am and you don't have to accept me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Christians get very frustrated when someone does not accept Christ or accept God with the with the DTR that He's given, and that is an and they want to force that onto people. And I'm sorry, you can't force relationships onto people. You can try, and you can call it slavery, and you can call it you know all kinds of other things, but that's just not what God had in mind and, and, and intended for what a relationship looks like with God. Exactly, and it's unfortunate that that is the case because. The problem is, is that people have a problem. I mean, I, we've gotten emails, and 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 I'm sure we'll come back on some of the other feedback that that Tess has has shared. The, the the problem is that people are against evangelical Protestant believers being so focused on conversions, and, and to the point where they're 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 so fed up with the way that w- the church, we the church, have have uh, promoted. You must accept. You must have a conversion experience you must you you can't turn away this sure. is and, and yeah. they've they've been so turned off by the way that we've gone about it that they must that they've equated that with an ungodly uh um approach to what god really intended and right. therefore now they believe and and say well you know what i think the whole conversion the 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 whole I must accept God the way you told me to, or the Bible tells me to accept God. I'm just not buying that at all anymore because right. it was so tainted by the delivery method of the past. Right. Oh, and yeah, that is, that's a shame as well. So I, you know, I, and I have, well, Cliff, you have, do you have friends that are homosexual? I mean, tell me your background with homosexuality. I will tell you my background with homosexuality. Um, I will tell you that most of my life I grew up being a huge homophobic individual. Being scared of homosexuals because 
Uh, and and it, it, it just, you know, what? And, and I'll be honest with you, I grew up uh, also in an era where I was also very racial. Uh, I didn't realize that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, I was a I believe I was a product of of the culture in which I lived in. When I was a young boy, I, I went to a, a public school in Clifton, Ohio. I was one of two white children in an Afri- all African-American school. And they completely ignored me and gave me straight A's and I couldn't spell Cliff after the first grade. So I I had some real big issues as a Christian mm-hmm. when I started to understand this we're all equal kind of stuff and, and, and loving everybody. And so when I was about 10, 11, 12, 13, I started really struggling with some of the stuff I felt inside against other people, especially growing up in the Catholic church and going to religion class and then attending all these Sunday school uh, and vacation Bible schools for in the Protestant church. And it, man, I, I was, I was one messed up individual internally. <laughs> but one of the things that just came out clear is that I need to love all people and understand that every single person that has a breath in it, it, it that, that they are living, breathing individuals, not the dead people, not the dead people. For I don't have to love those people. <laughs> they can stay where they're at. Nice but, carcass, dude. <laughs> yeah. But but I have to live. I have to love and see everyone in it that is equal in God's eyes, in, sure. in, including my enemies. And and so I really struggled with a lot of judgment against other people. And I remember especially when I I got over the racial stuff early on. But I did not realize this. But when I became a Christian, some of this stuff. Now I was never. I was never. To the place where you go to GodHatesFags.com and all that other crap that's out there. Oh, well, you're you're moving in on my territory, so. All right. Well, then, <laughs> I, I've never been there. Okay, uh, but I've always, but I have been tainted by by these people who say, you know, well, homosexuality is this big sin. You know, it's just right. like there. Here's all these little sins. You know, like gossip and all of this other stuff and slander and, right. uh, and but there's homosexuality. You know what? We will never let a homosexual be a member of this church. We will never let a homosexual. But but I'm looking at the church and I and then all of a sudden I come to First Corinthians and I see the homosexuality won't inherit the kingdom of the, of God or, or won't enter into eternal life. Uh, and and that's all I ever heard. And then when I see the scripture for myself and start reading scripture and seeing that you know what it's also the slanderer, the prostitute, it's the it's the drunker, it's 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 the the greedy people that they're all together thrown together. It's like whoa. Yeah. And so um, and and you know, and honestly, that's that's a big that's a huge point. Every time homosexuality is is most of the time. I mean, I, mean, I, th- I want to think it's every time, but the majority of the times. It's always in a list with other things. It's yes. never made to be this greater sin than most sins and, that and everyone wants to make it. Even if it's not in a list with some of the like greed and slander, if I'm not mistaken, it's never separated from sexual immorality and and um, what's fornication, sure. which is sex outside of marriage. Right. So so it's never separated from that that I'm aware of. Right. And so there there is nothing different as far as the level of sin according to the morality right. that that's set forth through scripture uh from me having sex before I was married. Right. Okay, so keep going on your, Okay. Your but anyway, the, my background as after I became a Christian was 
um, I, 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 I came across homosexual people after becoming a Christian, and I was one of those really obnoxious Christians that would love to beat you over the head until you finally believe what I believe. I, I, and for matter of fact, I, I, I hate to say this, but for me to, to establish a long-lasting relationship with you, I had to at least feel there was a possibility in my heart that you would one day validate everything that I believe in Christ. Wow. Okay, and and I did not. I would not pursue a relationship with you if I ever felt that that was in that was not a possibility. Wow. Even 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 if it was only five percent possible, I would still maybe pursue it. But the less likely it was possible, the less likely I would put in an investment into that relationship. Right. I realized, and I shared this going to a Catalyst conference, seeing Donald Miller talk. Right. Other people exist, and uh, people never uh, listen to you. They don't care what you say unless they know for a fact that you like them. Right. It radically changed my life. I started to see, you know, love God, love others as yourself. And and that became the ultimate goal of my life. And it's like, you know what, to do this, I need to be willing to establish relationships with people regardless of whether or not they will ever validate what I believe. Right. And that's what God wants and desires and requires from me as a believer. Hmm. And when I started to understand that, I realized that I need to, to, to get off my high horse on the topic of homosexuality and understand that by golly, there are homosexualities that homosexuals out there that, that need Christian friends, not because I have the message and not because I'm going to bring the light to them, but they just simply need friends. Right, they need people that will they love them. They need people who care love them. them. Well, sure. And so I want to share That's, with that you. That sums up everyone, by the way. Yep. Slanders, liars, gospers. <laughs> exactly. Drunkards, yeah. Exactly. All those people need love, and they need. God wants me to extend that love and invest in long-lasting relationships with those right. people. Right. And so I will tell you, I have one. This is really weird. I have one person that is among my inner circle of friends. You know, you are you familiar with the idea of having friends, but then you have your close friends who who even somewhat are influencers in, in the way that you think and perceive things and sure. and, and, and like meet and, the parents, you know, this is a circle. Exactly. A family a circle. But I have somebody <laughs> who is in my inner circle who is an atheist, a humanist, and a homosexual. And he is one of my closest friends. And I am not afraid to say today that I actually love him. Well, sure. I hope so. So in a, in a very heterosexual way. But Mainly Christian way. Exactly. But I do love this guy. And he is he is one of my best friends. And and you know what? Since then, uh, of course, he being in the in the community that he is, uh, that he has a lot of homosexual friends. And just through our getting to know each other, now some of his friends are becoming my friends and I'm establishing and building relationships with them. And so now I'm starting to have a, a, a circle, not a, not a circle, but but I'm having starting to have a large number of friends who are homosexual. Right. And what's really cool is that while this close friend of mine, like I said, he is a he is a, an atheist and a humanist, while he is not at all interested, I don't believe in my faith or, or, or anything like that, what he, what he is, I mean, as far as taking it on for himself, sure, sure. he is, he's genuinely interested in what I believe and what drives me. But, but he has a friend that became my friend who is now listening to the, every episode of the almost daily devotional and who is listening to the, about the church. And I won't mention his name, but hello, you know who I'm talking to. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and, and he writes me emails saying, God is speaking to me through what you shared in this almost daily devotional episode sure. and God, and I feel God calling me to something different. We've exchanged videos 
video emails back and forth with each other. Oh. And you and and it's like it's like wow. It's like wow. And so this is where I know God wants me to be when it comes to my relationship with people who are homosexual. Right. He wants me to love them unconditionally whether or not I believe I'll ever be an influence on whether or not they come to understand God or follow him the way that I do. Right. Okay. Well, all right, here's my really quick background. Cause Go ahead. we're running out of time here. Um, I, basically I had an experience with God hates fags.com. Okay. Uh, that church came and pro and protested the Methodist church that I was the associate pastor at in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Of course, I think every Every town's like, well, we are the highest per capita homosexuals, you know, or whatever, best barbecue. You know, it's just one of those statements that everyone makes. Although I, there is a very large population of homosexual uh, population in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. They actually were the first ones to build the Rainbow Center, which is, which is so cliche, but <laughs> but uh, it's the first homosexual retirement center okay. uh, in the country. It was built in Santa Fe. I actually drove past it every single day I went to back home. But anyway, so the God hates fags people came, and um, and and all the you know they're they're it's pure hate. I mean, it's just pure hate. It is. I looked at their um, site today, and it is. It's pure hate. It, it, they will go to uh, homosexuals' funerals and protest. I mean, yelling at people as they're trying to mourn the loss of a loved one. Yep. Um, I mean, really, really pisses me off. Um, but anyway, they had one of the signs that they had, and it had like a, the Methodist symbol is a cross in flame, uh, which is really. <laughs> You know, it's really funny. We'd be like, "What? It's a flaming cross?" We're like, "No, no, no that's the Holy Spirit, and there's a cross." But, uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, they had it upside down, and one of them, the pastor at that church, was female, and her name is her name was Namika, and I love her to death. And the sign says, uh, "Your pastor's a whore," because of course they didn't believe in women in ministry either. Right. You know, we have to hate everybody. So they came during Sunday school time period between the first and second services of the church. So when she got when she got up to preach, and she preached all about love. And unconditional love and grace, uh, at, which is perfect uh, at that time. And she got down, she got down preaching, and she sat down beside me and goes, and I said, that's amazing. That was not too bad of a sermon preached by a whore. <laughs> you shared that <laughs> she, in the previous episode. Like, hey, but, uh, but anyway, so I've dealt with them. Um, I have several, several dear friends, just like you're talking about, that are, that are homosexual. Love them to death. I mean, love them so much. Um and the very first visit, I came from Wilmore, Kentucky, where I went to seminary. And the very first homebound visit that I did at Santa Fe, New Mexico, was to a guy who was dying of AIDS, a homosexual guy that was dying of AIDS. Really prominent guy, actually, uh, in the community. He did uh, artwork for the for the paper. And um, I did, every, I mean, I even helped him to the bathroom. I did everything but hold his penis for him to use the bathroom. And, um, you know, it just showed me, here's this man that is so frail and is so completely torn up with AIDS. Um, I mean, if your heart cannot go out to that person and love them and care for them, I really, really want to question your Christianity um, because I see that Christ would 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 definitely love this person, would care for this person, would desire for this person to be in relationship with Him. Um, so anyway, that's my background to it as well. And I, 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 top, I typed up like maybe five or six things. I don't know if Go we ahead. have time to be able to do that or not. Dude, we're, we're good. I don't um, have to be in blue ash today. Okay, good, good, so good. So we're All good. Right. So, so the first thing is, is is exactly what we've already talked about. It's always in a list of other, of other things. Right. And so if we're going to, if we're going to hate homosexuals, they're going to hate liars, gossipers, slanders, drunkards, you know, the, it's the always thieves. in this don't list. Don't forget thieves. Well, thieves, well, that's, that's just first Corinthians. Stole, if you ever stole anything from a store when you were a kid, 
that's, dude. That's, that's that's just First Corinthians. Burn, you're we're not even burn talking in about, hell. Yeah, we're not even talking about those stuff. And so, so that's a huge issue, and we need to stop making it this massive, massive sin that everyone else wants to make it. And I have issues with that big time um, because. Um, in, in, in my mind, and, and I believe in God's eyes, a sin is a sin, and, it, and it's, it's, it's equal. Well, I, well, hold on. I do want to ask you this then, because it just I apologize to, to interrupt you. No, no, go for it. But uh, let me just say here, because I, oh gosh. Do, 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 well, do. unless you want to bring up the whole um, um, uh, slandering the Holy Spirit. No, do, 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 do. Okay, so it says here, flee from sexual, verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, flee from sexual sexual immorality. Now, again, this isn't just homosexuality. This is uh, sex before marriage, being married, and having an adulterous relationship with another woman or another person outside of marriage, and homosexuality. So it includes all of them. It sure. says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you know? Do you not know that the temple, the body, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who have you received from God? So yes, that is the verse that I'm talking about. But again, this is this statement is only for the believer, right? Oh, sure. This is sure. only speaking directly to the believer. Sure. So it basically it's the one who has who has read the what'd you say the DTR? Yeah, yeah. Who has read and, the DTR? And who have signed off and <laughs> says, you know what? I'm good with that. Let me sign right here. Right, right. It's, right. it's the person who agreed to the to the terms of and conditions of the relationship. <laughs> I, that's where did we get that? Yeah. But anyway, yes. Yeah. So. So yeah, I exactly. So is, so, so is there a sin? Is there are my question to you? Since all sins are equal, and and I, and I kind of lean on that edge, but there it's like well, there you know, of course, in the Catholic Church, there are venial sins, there are mortal sins, and I, sure, but and and I'm not going to go there, but but in, but in the the this scripture, it says, listen, there are sins that one can sit, commits outside of the body. Smoking, blah, blah, blah. Or, well, I guess maybe smoking is on the body. <laughs> going inside there. <laughs> Crap. All right. But you understand what I'm saying? There's, yeah. there, there's like a lie or something. Like a lie, okay. a little white lie, a little gossip here, a little, you know, you steal a, a breath mint from the store because right, you're right. getting ready to go on a date and you forgot to bring your wallet or whatever. Wow. <laughs> you're telling all about your childhood. This is crazy. Clay. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just joking. But anyway, um, so there are those sins. But then there is the 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 ones who sins against his own body. So what right. do you say but, about that? But he's just defining out different kinds of sins. I don't see a hierarchy of sins here. So so the weight is not more equal. Because what's really weird is he puts the greedy and the, and and the slanderer right up there with the list of people who by no means are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Sure. So okay. So I, anyway. I, that, not I. I just wanted to bring it up because. Oh, and I want to say a, also later on that yeah. in, in verse nineteen, yeah. where it says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's yes. a plural. That's yes. y'all's body. Yes, this is the entire church. Just want to clear, yeah. Yes. So it's not just one. Let's individual. go ahead and point that out real quick because I just did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just the, want, I, that's a, that's a huge clarification because a lot of people are like, no, no, my body is my a temple, fi- my, my physical, physical right my here, my big old belly right, right here, right, right, and, and it's he's talking about the, the church, the, the church. That is where the presence the of God is. Ecclesia. 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 Yeah. yeah. Anyway, exactly. okay. So, right. so, and then number two, of course, it's always a list of things. So, bad therefore, things. smoking so could be not one of the things outside of the body. <laughs> it could be. So, uh, so then I think that there is there is a reason. One of the things that makes Genesis Wait, 1 so amazing. So, it's not so the amazing, physical body? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, seriously. Is it, is it not the physical body? It is the body of Christ. It is the group of people. The physical. 
So I, I see. I thought it was the physical. I'm like I'm thinking, you know, the sexual immorality because it's like, listen, it's not. It's not just. It, it's not. Oh no, no. I, I think that that might be the case. It might be talking about because it says his own body. Yeah, see, if, see if, that's, if, that, if, if that's true. But what I'm saying is, is in 19, it it changes oh. over to where it says you. That's y'all. You are the body. But it, but it, but it is. But he is talking about when he's talking about the the when you're sinning against his own body. Right. I need. I need. So that is the phys, your physical we, body. We so, need a Greek scholar here to let us know what's <laughs> going need, on there. We need something. But anyway, all right. So. <laughs> I'll tell so, you what. Hold on one second. Oh, okay. DG's going to continue his his list in the next episode, which we're going to record right oh, now. Oh, okay, okay. We're not going to wait until next week. Okay. But, I was like, you're killing me. No, seriously. We're, we're going to go I ahead. I thought you were going to say, he's going to keep going, and I'm going to go to the bathroom. Exactly. No. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and end here. We're going to have a special extra episode this month. Cool. We have to because we have a sponsor. And our sponsor yeah. sponsored four episodes, and I forgot to mention it was sponsored last week. Ew. So this will be our extra okay. sponsored. But anyway, our, our anonymous sponsor says, you know, do us a favor. Please pray for the health of a church in your area that is not your own. And until next time, God bless you. We'll be back with more. Bye-bye.